While we love our deep dives here at BCR, every now and then we need to take a little break, need to step back and just scratch the surface of our curiosity, need to, I don't know, to release an episode for our loyal, rabid listeners, even though we had a rough week at work and our hot water heater literally blew up, causing us to spend the last 72 hours dumping buckets of water into our toilet while waiting for a very nice Greek man to replace it, hypothetically. Anyways, this week, we're raw dogging content and giving you a nicotine patch for the macabre. So, lock your doors, load your guns, pull the curtains, and set your Roomba to kill while we dive into the shallow end of the pool and deliver articles as audiobooks and present to you Don't Sleep, Volume 1, Active Serial Killers and Their Dumping Grounds. I didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best squawk you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the Black Cat Report. See you on the other side. Hello everyone and welcome to... What is this? Episode 62? It is. God damn. Uh, the Black Cat Report. My name is Gil, and joining me this week is Joey. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Unfortunately, Betsy Bay is playing the role of a missing person this week, but she will be back soon, hopefully, unless she gets stranded in Turkey next week. It's, it's a long story. Point is... <clears throat> We're going to be diving in and just checking out some articles this week. So seriously, sit back and just enjoy some fresh, crazy, creepy content that I hope keeps you as awake as it has kept me awake. Not just researching, but actually like some of the shit's a little bit scary. Yeah. yeah. If you want to know something really cool today, me and Gil are actually face to face. We are looking at each other. I'm a little horrified. Yeah, it's been... God, it has to have been like 40, 50 episodes since we've done it this way. Literally every episode we've ever recorded in person, Joey's always sitting on my left. I'm always sitting on his right. We're never actually making eye contact. It's a bit, bit cool. A bit scary, though. I mean, because as we're about to go into this interesting yeah. deep dive, yeah. or not even a deep dive, just a talk about some unresolved things. I really hope better help reach out to, like reaches out to us after this because I am going to need therapy. Anyways, first on our list is dedicated to the state we love the most because frankly they love us the most. The nation of Texas. Yes, the huge <laughs> nation of Texas. Yes, as as Lone Star Beer would say. Um <clears throat> and this one to me is absolutely fucking fascinating just for the sheer fact that it exists and it's happening like right now it is the texas killing fields aka the calendar road killings mm. this article is coming fresh from wikipedia even though i did check the sources frankly y'all just real quick backtrack on that wikipedia used to be sus it's like heavily cited now and actually well executed it's it's an excellent source for internet articles Look at it. Always check your sources, but it's good. Let's dive in. The Texas Killing Fields is a 25-acre patch of land in League City, Texas, situated a mile from Interstate Highway 45 and approximately 26 miles southeast of Houston. 
Since the early 1970s, dozens of bodies of murder victims have been found along the Interstate Highway 45 area, several in this patch. Mm. They were mainly the bodies of girls or young women. Furthermore, many additional young girls have disappeared from this area. These girls' bodies are still missing. It is believed that many of the murders are the work of multiple serial killers. Mm. Most of the victims were <laughs> aged between 12 and 25. Some shared similar physical features, such as similar hairstyles. Mm. Wasn't able to find more information on that, but I'm assuming all their hair was purple or something. I don't know. Yeah. However, despite efforts from the League City, Texas police, Along with the assistance of the FBI, very few of these murders have been solved, and those that have been solved were predicated on confessions given by prisoners or confessions given under the duress from police, hmm. which is a fancy way of saying the police were torturing them. The fields have been described as, quote, a perfect place for killing somebody and getting away with it, end quote. After visiting some of the sites of recovered bodies in League City, Ami Kanan Man, director of the film Texas Killing Fields, commented, you could actually see the refineries that are in the area, south end of the League City. You could see the I-45, but if you yelled, no one would necessarily hear you. If you ran, there wouldn't necessarily be anywhere to go, hmm. end quote. A task force composed of local law enforcement officials and FBI agents called Operation Halt, Homicide Slash Abduction Liaison Team, has been formed to investigate the incidences. Now, Joey, I'm going to do something here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share my screen with you. Okay. <clears throat> and um, I want you to see what the... Let me get it pulled up here. I want you to see the list of victims that have been found in this field. Keep in mind, some of these listed here are multiple people. I'm just going to keep scrolling. Wow. Just going to keep still scrolling. Still Jeez. scrolling. <laughs> this is insane. That is a crap ton of people. Like... I don't know how to y'all need to hit up this Wikipedia page, Texas killing fields. And like, look at this. It's just case after case after case of bodies just being discovered. Sometimes again, like I said, it's like multiple people being discovered at the same time. This is only a 25 acre patch of land. This is not like, you know, 35 miles long, 45 miles long. This is one it's patch huge, of land, small land comparatively, but huge amount of people on it. Yeah, and like this shit stretches back into the seventies. That's more than one person per acre that I'm seeing right now. Yeah, Th there's <laughs> more than twenty five people in here. <laughs> when Way I did more, when I did the count, I want to say it was around like thirty six, which hmm. I'm just gonna say is probably not um, the entirety of the amount of bodies that exist out here. I imagine here. there's some also some John and Jane Does on that too that is, are not showing up. Yeah, it's just I. You can literally just pick a case from the list. Um, let's see. Uh, Jessica Lee Kane, 17, was last seen at the Benningans restaurant near Baybrook Mall in Clear Lake, Texas, dining with friends around 1.30 a.m. She was reported missing on August 17, 1997, when her father 
found her truck abandoned along Interstate 45. On March 18th, 2016, Jessica's remains were finally found in a field off of East Orem Road next to a hobby airport. Suspected serial killer William Lewis Reese directed investigators to search the area where her remains were found. Reese was convicted of the murder of Smither, Cox, and Kane in June of 2022. This is like over and over again. There's multiple situations here where like it all gets tangled up between folks that are like self-confessed and then mm-hmm. convicted serial killers all just dumping bodies yeah in this one fucking spot and it's honestly it's kind of hard to tell if it's like uh you know professional uh what was that ah oh, shit what was that term from the um the Yoakum Kroll episode that guy who was like a serial confessor is that what it was uh, I think so yeah who yeah. <laughs> was just out here just confessing to everything yeah. it's hard to tell if some of these folks are actually just like serial confessors and are just like yeah the body is uh it's over there but like just reliably there is a patch of land i-45 in texas mm. where there's been roughly 36 plus bodies discovered in one goddamn area you know what this makes me think of too just looking at it like there's a tv show that was on uh i think it was called big sky and it had to do with them uh truckers taking um working in the sex um slave industry i guess the mm-hmm. um Sex trafficking. Girls, sex trafficking industry yeah. and just stealing girls and then i guess maybe if they don't make it they get killed and thrown in this Jesus place Christ. and maybe this could be a, a similar thing especially if they're all girls like yeah you know girls or, or women depending on what age they are like being killed and thrown in this one spot so maybe and especially if it's along the line of a highway yeah that goes out and goes through you know part most of texas could be that this is maybe a spot that they dump people and it's a well-known spot especially if there's 36 people that's fucking you know? insane dude like i wonder a- if they're all buried similar um or i mean we don't know this facts yet but just wondering about like if they're all buried with similar things with similar mur- how they were killed were similar yeah or, you know obviously it seems like there's probably more than a few people that yeah killed these people yeah it's Either one very, very, very prolific serial killer. Yeah. Um, and there has been folks that have been found um, or suspected that live in the area where they live like one mile away. Mm-hmm. And they've been convicted of murder. And friends and family around them have said like, yeah, they totally brag about doing other shit, you know. And they've wow. been like called in, but not enough evidence was there. And this yeah. and that and the other, you know. Um, hmm. there's been cases like that. And then there's folks that are like, yeah, the body's totally over here, but they're wrong. And it's actually way the fuck down the road, but they find another body. Hmm. And since it all kind of matches a similar, um, I guess like an MO, right? It's yeah. like, uh, is the victim between 13 and 27 years old or whatever? And it's like, yes. And it's like, yep, her body's totally over there. And they're just like, God damn it. There's a body over here. And it's like, Oh, there's six more, you know, like damn, yeah. so many. And like, to be honest, too, like, you know, some of these victims, it's like this is going back to like 1970. Yep. Right. And so we're looking yes. at uh, 53 years later. Right. Yeah, yeah. And bodies are still being found like that. Is, those are bones. Those are brittle bones yeah. being discovered out in, frankly, the desert. Yep. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it, it's just as wild. I feel I feel like this. I wanted to start this off here, not just because shout out Texas, but like but also because like 
I feel like it's so often ignored that like a lot of times serial killers literally do have killing fields. Yeah. Like they have a particular place or particular location, whether it's like buried and put underneath their house, right. Or, or it's a barn or it's a spot out in the woods or it's a park, but they have locations where they just keep dumping bodies over and over again. Yeah. Where they're comfortable. And there's just this strange little middle ground where it's just, yeah. body after body after bodies being dumped and you can drive by it today next one <laughs> now <laughs> maybe you'll be the one dumped <laughs> just don't drive by it at night um, next one on our list um also sorted our um sourced from wikipedia although like Honestly, Wikipedia just had the best breakdown. I've checked out a bunch of articles. This was just the, the best worded. Um, is the West Mesa Bone Collector, a.k.a. Mm. West Mesa Murders. I also like to call it the Bone Collector. The Bone, <laughs> the bone, the bone. Collector. <laughs> All right. So the West Mesa Murders are the killings of 11 women whose remains were found buried in 2009 in the desert on the West Mesa of Albuquerque, New Mexico, United States. Several suspects have been named, but none were arrested or charged. Hmm. While the killings were initially believed to be the work of a serial killer, the involvement of sex trafficking ring or of a sex trafficking ring has been suspected. It's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, an anonymous tip to authorities at APD and FBI linked the murders to a suspect from Central America. This is relevant later in the story. Police have also suspected the involvement of a sex trafficking ring operating through neighboring Texas that targets prostitutes during events throughout the Southwest, Southern and Western United States, especially regularly scheduled events such as the New Mexico State Fair in this case to take advantage of reliably heavier traffic. The small fragment of a human trafficking ring involves numerous population centers, including Las Vegas, El Paso, and Keeling, Texas, um, along with Denver. Between 2001 and 2005, 11 women were buried by an unknown assailant in an Arroyo bank on Albuquerque's West Mesa, an underdeveloped area within city limits. Satellite imagery taken between 2003 and 2005 shows tire marks and patches of disturbed soil in the area where the remains were recovered, which is just fucking insane that they like had. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they had an archive of, of yeah. satellite imagery and they're like, oop. Tire tracks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't believe. I think about that now, and I'm like, damn, that they could literally find anything if you just dug up your garden. They could probably see, like, oh, they dug up their garden. Yeah, like in between two years. Tomatoes did better last year. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, but by 2006, development had encroached on the area. So, like, literally, houses were getting developed right up to that point, right? Yeah. And soon after, the site was disturbed, buried, and platted for residential development. Well. Due to the 2008 housing bubble collapse, development on the west side halted before housing could be built at the burial site. Mm. So, and just to interrupt here um, from reading this, this also lends the question of how many houses may have been buried on top or built on top of bodies that were hidden out there. Yeah, because like it was encroaching, encroaching, encroaching and stopped. Yeah. But we assume that it somehow magically stopped at the line. Yeah, no, and it's didn't. like, nah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it happened. But 
After neighbors complained of flooding at the platted site due to the burial of the natural arroyo, don't know what the hell that means, the development built a retaining wall to channel stormwater to a retention pond built in the approximate area of the burial site, hmm. inadvertently exposing bones to the surface. So basically... Kind of works, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to wrap this over here and oh, that's a body. Yep, that's a body. That's another one. Yep, shit, that's a body. This is not, again, like, they could have just been, like, pushing dirt, pushing sand and stuff like that, not noticing bones out there. Yeah, they could not, yeah. Like, this is just straight up because they they needed to, like, literally build a retention wall out there. But Damn, yeah, they definitely missed a bunch, probably. Mm Mm-hmm. And all this kind of kicks off, or the discovery phase, I guess, of this, right, happened on February 2nd, 2009. A woman was walking a dog, found a human bone on the West Mesa, and reported it to police. Classic, classic story. It's happened 40 million times, yeah. right? It's always the dog walkers that find bodies, which yeah, they're makes... They're the only ones looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suspicious. Yeah. Yes, me. Can you imagine, though, that you see just like the dog just like grab something, this person's just sitting on her phone, just, you know, got their headphones in, just walking down the street with the dog. Dog grabs a bone, you know, they probably, they're not looking like, oh, cool, he's got a stick. <laughs> something just on their phone as they're walking walking with up. a femur down the i wonder road. how long it took them to to realize yeah. i think that's not a stick i think that's a bone this just honestly this just solidifies my belief that like i i suspect the only murderers that exist are dog people they i think that killers. is the perfect cover yeah. frankly well, because it's just like I was just walking my dog in my neighborhood and then I found this body over here. And then they're like, oh my God, of course this area has been contaminated with like your DNA and evidence. Yeah. You were walking Fido. Fido's like, and like trying to rat him out because dogs yeah. are fucking snitches. Yes, we all man. know that. Well, dogs we are. all know dog dogs literally work for the police people. They're fucking snitches. Yeah. Okay. So the dog's trying to rat him out. Cops too damn dumb to figure it out. And the person gets away with murder for years why do i keep finding bodies like oh no yeah oh this i keep walking every time i go out i find a body every week i've walked out a a million times never found a body that's true and i was looking yeah yeah maybe that was the (laughs) thing you were looking ah that's true yeah you gotta not look you gotta like trip over it you know and then just be like oh that was a rock excuse me sir and just excuse me sir keep walking and then you turn around wait a second yeah but that also works out because, like, cats aren't snitches. So if they knew there was a body there, they wouldn't tell you. They do know there's a body there. Yeah, they I just, they just for wouldn't sure, fucking they're tell just you. Like, they're just like, they side-eye it. Yeah. They're like, nah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, does he got treats? No, he yeah. ain't got tweets. I keep going. Yeah, we'll keep going. We won't, <laughs> you know? we won't even talk about this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. As a result of this woman finding the body, right? Subsequent police investigation, yada, yada. Authorities discovered the remains of 11 women and girls and a fetus buried in the area. Yeah, real, Ooh, real okay. sweet story here. They're between 15 and, or they were between 15 and 32 years of age. Most were Hispanic and most were involved with drugs and sex work. This is tale as old as time, yeah. right? The less dead, as they say. Yes. Which is very sad. Mm-hmm. Next one hits close to home. Hits close to my heart. Now, our next culprit might have been caught less than a month ago after roaming free for over 10 years, but he's worth including slowly based on how the feds may have tracked him down, which I find fascinating, and the fact that I've never seen my own name referenced so many times. Don't run, Joey. The doors are already locked. 
Hey, it's fine. I resigned <laughs> when I came in here. <laughs> I signed my fate. Yeah. When I started doing this podcast with you, I figured I was going to be murdered. Just writing your will. Yeah. Um, no, my name's Joey. Badum. <laughs> the Long Island serial killer, a.k.a. the Craigslist Ripper, a.k.a. the Gilgo Beach serial killings. Hmm. Quoting now from Wikipedia, the Gilgo Beach serial killings were a series of killings between 1996 and 2011, in which the remains of 11 people were found in Gilgo Beach, located on the south shore of Long Island, New York, United States. Most of the known victims were sex workers who advertised on Craigslist. The perpetrator in the case is known as the Long Island serial killer. Brackets. Lisk. Not quite as catchy as like BTK or something like that. You know, it's like L-I-S-K and it's like, yeah, you're trying too hard. Anyways, the victim's remains were found over a period of months in 2010 and 2011 after the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert resulted in police search of the area along the Ocean Parkway near the remote beach towns of Gilgo and Oak Beach in Suffolk County. The remains of four victims designated the Gilgo Four were found within a quarter mile of each other near Gilgo Beach on December 2010. Six more sets of remains were found in March and April 2011 in Suffolk and Nassau counties. Police believe the latter sets of remains predate the four bodies found in December 2010. Gilbert's remains. I'm sorry, it's really weird reading my name so yeah. many damn times in these articles. So, so you're not the killer. You're the one that's murdered. Remains were found a year after the remains of the Gilgo Four were discovered. Her cause of death remains contested, with police claiming accidental drowning, while an independent autopsy determined possible strangulation. Mm-hmm. They'll never find out. In July 2023. This literally just happened. Like yeah. there, there is a, there's about to be, which I will quote here in a little bit. There's about to be an ABC expose releasing like any day now, 2020 episode entirely dedicated to this shit right here. <laughs> we beat you 2020. <laughs> Suck it. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in July of 2023, Rex Hauerman, Hewerman. No clue how to say that. A resident of Massapeka Park in Long Island, said that wrong too, was arrested in Midtown Manhattan and charged in the murders of three of the Gilgo Four victims, Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, and Amber Costello. He was also named as the prime suspect in the murder of the fourth of the Gilgo Four, Maureen Bernard Barnes. Now, as I said, he may have just been caught, and here's how it happened via the ABC article titled The Long Island Serial Killer, How Cell Phones and a Pizza Box Led to a Suspect in Three Cases by Samantha Wanderer and Christina Corbin. I'm not able to read tonight. I'm just, you were staring me straight into my... I Straight in the eyes, staring you into my fucking soul, and is just you were just reading me like a book. I wish, I wish I'm... I could read this as well as you're reading me. All right, so <laughs> Sarah Carnes was sitting in her Times Square hotel room when she says she received a cell phone call from a blocked phone number. 
She said the voice on the other line, an unknown male caller who was calm and very matter-of-fact, revealed personal details about her friend, Maureen Bernard Barnes, who vanished days earlier in July 2007 while working as an escort in New York City. Quote, I just saw her. Carnes recalls the man saying, quote, she's at a whorehouse in Queens, end quote. Exactly 16 years after the chilling phone call, Carnes said she believes the mystery voice was that of Rex Howerman, a married father of two and New York architect who is charged in the murders of three other women. He is the prime suspect in the death of 25-year-old Bernard Barnes, according to investigators. Howerman has pleaded not guilty to all charges. Quote, that was him, Carnes said of the caller in an exclusive 2020 interview following Howerman's arrest on July 13th. Again, this is less than a month ago, the time oh, of us recording. Crazy. This has been unsolved yeah. for so damn long, right? Well, Howerman, 59, is charged in the killings of uh, Melissa Bartholomew, 24, Megan Waterman, 22, uh, Amberlyn Costello, 27, who were working as escorts on Craigslist at the time they disappeared. The badly decomposed remains of those women, as well as those of Bernard Barnes, were found in 2010 near Gilgo Beach on New York's Long Island in what police described as the work of a serial killer. Carnes, who reported the phone call to police at the time, said she made the connection after hearing Howerman's voice in a now viral interview on YouTube about his work as an architect. Oof. All right, so we have the Rex Hewerman Manhattan architect comes across as utterly boring in 2022 interview. Is this a clue? Right, so I'm going to assume at this point that um, folks have copied and pasted and copied and pasted this potential serial killers totally unrelated to serial killing interview um, a million times on YouTube. Let's go. Tell us, you know, who you are, uh, you know, where you're from, and how long you've been in New York. Okay. Um, Rex Hewerman, I'm an architect. I'm an architectural consultant. I'm a troubleshooter. Born and raised on Long Island. Okay. Been right. working in Manhattan since 1987. <sighs> Patience. That's funny. I, I, I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Patience. And I don't like to use the word tolerance, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. And it's not just with the city, it's also with the client. I don't know. That dude's voice is just very specific to me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to know it too if I heard it. Yeah, it could be like 12 years later and it would be a phone call and I'm like, yep, that's him. He's like, mm -hmm. well, you see what we're doing when we go into the shitty. It's like he has a very specific kind of like lower lisp, mm -hmm. right? Like with his yeah. voice. Um, and frankly, he looks like a douchebag. I'm just going to be honest. Even if he's not a serial killer, he looks like a douchebag. But mm -hmm. throwing that out there. Hate me for saying it. That's fine. I, I have a very, I have a fond talent. I have an incredible talent for helping us lose fans. Um, mm -hmm. But... Really, it's it's a weekly it's a weekly pleasure. Just kidding, we love you. Please don't go. But <laughs> so that is the suspect that was just brought up in the piece right there, right? Yeah. Now, moving on. 
Um, so Karnis, like back to the story, she was saying that uh, she remembered uh, or that she called the police, reported this very creepy phone call of somebody who obviously knew what the fuck was going on with her missing friend, mm-hmm. and then eventually came across his voice in a YouTube video and was like, that's the motherfucker. Like, that is the yeah. dude right there, yeah. right? And she goes on to say, um, quote, I remember rewinding it and playing it over and over again, Carnes said. The investigation into the Long Island serial killer focused on cell phone use from the beginning. According to investigators, the victims, known as the GoGo4, posted advertisements on Craigslist and then used their own cell phones to connect with clients. The police claim the killer, meanwhile, used separate burner phones to contact each victim and, in doing so, gave them their first clue. Quote, we had cell site hits in two areas in the Massapeka Park also, and also in Midtown Manhattan, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison told ABC News. The authorities claim the killer also used the cell phone of one of his victims, Melissa Bartholomew, to make a series of taunting phone calls to her family in Buffalo, New York in the summer of 2009. Those calls allegedly pinged from towers near New York's Penn Station and other areas of Manhattan. So this is the exact same area that this dude lives in, right? Yeah. Quote, I'm watching your sister rot, end quote. The killer said to Bartholomew's younger sister, according to multiple sources with knowledge of the phone calls. Mm. It wasn't until 2021 that investigators, including the FBI, said they were able to use advanced phone analytics to hone in on an area of Masabika Park, some 17 miles from Gilgo Beach, where they believe the killer likely lived. Quote, there was a little bit of what we called a box where our potential suspects was making these phone calls to our sex workers, Harrison said. The next breakthrough in the case came in the form of an old clue that police revisited in March of 2022. A witness reported seeing a dark green Chevy Avalanche parked outside the home of Amber Lynn Costello in Babylon, New York, the day before she disappeared in September 2010. The witness also told police that Costello met with a client that same day, someone the witness described as a white male, approximately 6'4 to 6'6 in height, in his mid-40s, with dark, bushy hair and a big, oval-style 1970s-type eyeglasses, Mm. according to court documents in the case. Last year, investigators were able to determine that Howerman, who lived in Massapeka Park and fit that physical description, owned a Chevy Avalanche in 2010. Mm. Quote, we were able to capture, we were able to seize that Chevy Avalanche pursuant to a search warrant, and we're certainly going to analyze that. End quote. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney said at a press conference that afternoon after Howerman's arrest, it literally took me like five takes to go through attorney Ray Tierney. Yes. <laughs> it would suck though if you owned that Chevy Avalanche later because like he didn't own it right because he previously owned that vehicle mm. and he did they didn't he didn't own the vehicle they Got just you. had records like, of him owning the vehicle at this time through the dmv 
So they found out that he owned it at this time. Yeah. So imagine if you own that car yeah. at this point, or maybe it was that Eric. And you're also a tall man. You're also a you're tall man. You're just Ben Kissel driving around New York, yeah. minding your own damn business. Yeah, and then they're just like, hey, did you kill somebody? You're just like, uh, maybe. Where was I? What, what year was this? Wait, what year? Hold on. What, I'm what not year? admitting on, to yes. anything hey, I didn't year? do. Yes. But imagine like, and they, they just pretty much took your... Took your car. Yes. Yeah, I mean, granted, it, it's for Chevy a good Avalanche. thing. It's for a good thing, but I mean, there's yeah, not. I mean, we don't want Chevy Avalanches on the road. Nobody does. No, no. And you also don't want, you know, killers. This is helping the cars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, I released a series of those silicone, silicone, like wrist bracelets. That's like end Chevy Avalanche, you know, yeah. like Avalanche, the Avalanche was ECA, our phrase. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad another one's off the road. Yeah. Honestly. It's, it's working. Yeah. It's working. It's, I Maybe feel you like set the campaign's up. picking up. Maybe you set this guy up. Nah, he murdered those people. He's probably going to go to jail. He's Once authorities weird. had established the airman as a suspect, they conducted surveillance on his daily life, issuing 300 subpoenas and search warrants to collect potential evidence. In January 2023, mm. an undercover team watched from security cameras as Howerman allegedly tossed a pizza box into a trash can outside of his Midtown Manhattan office. The team retrieved the box, which contained a partial piece of of pizza crust that was later tested for DNA. Well, right now, for all you people that don't eat pizza crust, this is why you eat your pizza crust. Yeah, or you get a a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or just partner that will eat your pizza or crust. Or dog. This is how you complete. Dogs can eat pizza crust too. Animal. Hmm. Interesting. So you're into dogs now? I like dogs and cats and all animals. Do you like to go for walks, Joey? I go for runs without my animals because I don't have any animals at the moment. What are you running from? Uh, life. Not killing people for sure. Not mm. yet. Stay tuned. This is a developing story. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so it proved to be a 99.96% match to hair found on one of the victims at Gilgo Beach, according to authorities. Pretty damn good match, especially from yeah. hair, which is notorious for not delivering the best matches in the world. I wonder if that's the 0.14 percentage, the extra percentage that wasn't matched. Potentially. Well, yeah. Michael Brown, Howerman's attorney, scoffed at reporters who asked about the alleged physical evidence following Howerman's court appearance on July 14th in Riverhead, New York. Quote, I didn't see any evidence, did you? Brown said, claiming the government's case against his client is, quote, very circumstantial, end quote. The hunt for the killer began with the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert, a 23-year-old escort from Jersey City, New Jersey, who disappeared on May 1st, 2010, from Oak Beach, a gated community on the south shore of Long Island. The police search to find Gilbert led to the discovery of four sets of human remains dumped in thick bramble along Ocean Parkway at Gilgo Beach, 2010. Now, ending here, article goes on. I already repeated that part with the Wikipedia section, right? And this is giving a little bit of backstory. Mm-hmm. This dude, heavy serial killer vibes, just my opinion. I'm not a judge, but um yeah, I'm I'm I don't know. I got to fall back here. Um 
I got to fall back here on the guy's voice. I could totally see, you know, years later hearing that guy's voice, especially from such a traumatic moment where somebody calls, they're acting incredibly disrespectful. You know, they're they're saying some fucked up shit on the phone and like you're worried about your friend and they're saying some heavy shit like that to you on the phone. Mm-hmm. You would remember that guy's voice. Yep. And he had like he had a very or he has a very specific lisp. You know, where it's just like it just comes in at the end. It's like New York. And it's just like a very specific kind of like yeah, vibe to yeah. his tone. But it's not it's not too like new new Long Islandy, you know, which is I know that sounds weird to say. No, no, but no, like no it not does. not in what you generally hear in Long Island. He's got like a semi kind of you can hear it yeah. come out a little bit, but it's enough to where you're like, huh. He you would notice that kind of voice. Yeah. You know? A little yeah. bit different. I, I'm I'm going with I'm going with the uh the um the victim's friend here who's like I watched that ninety six times and I'm like fucking positive. What was, it was his him. quote? What was his quote he said about clients? Yeah. Ah shit, what was it? He said, uh um I'm not very uh fuck, what was it? I'm not very compassionate or some shit it had something to say about like you have to tell your clients or something it was i'm not very very patient with him yeah it's like you have to you can't show patience with these people or these clients and it was just very i don't like to use the word compassion yeah (laughs) it was just like there's a little like if when you go back and listen to it everybody listening it's it's one of those things you're just like you listen back after you're sus that's very weird to say sus you know very like unemotional about it yeah very sus about it and I I don't know if the like like the his lawyer Mike Brown said basically like there's where's the evidence and you know right now the evidence is probably being built ninety nine point nine six percent DNA, DNA matches to, is what, yeah, yeah hair follicles that's the evidence and right now they probably figured it out with they're they're grant they're finding the evidence right yeah now. that's the point is like yeah. now they have this this kind of match of this person where they're like hey we. We know who this is. Now we can build the case that it's him. Yeah. Now we can go back. We can find the phones. We can use the voice recognition or like yeah. use the the witnesses to to give evidence that he was there at these points. And obviously the the Chevy Avalanche mm-hmm. being at that point, Thank they can God find it's those off the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that that makes sense. And I mean, it's like uh, I don't know. I know these cases are always just like, you know, so damn close around this kind of shit. Cause at the end of the day, we're talking about the intonation of somebody's voice, a matching hair follicle yeah. and a now what? 10, 12, 13 year olds, like, um, discovery yep. of a body on a beach or multiple bodies on the beach, which happened years earlier. Yep. We're dumped there years earlier. But, um, again, you know, Hey, this is this is these these are active serial killers. Yep. This motherfucker's still active, right? <laughs> like he's probably out on bail right know. now. Yeah, so he probably is still out there. So yeah, hmm. yeah. something to think about. Um, next one, <laughs> next one here. Honestly, kind of one of my favorites. I don't know why, just because um, I think it's just too fucking weird. It's also kind of like genius. Are you saying this is your favorite serial killer? I think it might be favorite. I literally just watched Joey's Adam Adam's apple go up and down as he <laughs> like he just gulped. Yes, I think this might be one of my favorite serial killers. Although oh. I discovered one in North Carolina. Um, no, it wasn't in a mirror. 
Joey. Um, I'm not looking in a mirror right now. I'll, and I I'll, see I'll one. tell you the Maybe. name. I'll tell you the name off air because I'm very excited to share him with folks in the future, and I don't want to ruin that. But like, North Carolina is a pretty cool serial killer. I'm just saying, like, and and the not like he's a cool person, but their name is cool. Okay. Serial killers can have cool names. I'm I just guess saying. So. Like the media I mean, is trying to do that. Yeah, you know, like the Night Stalker is a really Ripper, cool name. You know, yeah, like Jack the Ripper is a cool name. Uh, the Boston Strangler. Yeah. You know, it's like they the can bone they, they can, the blown collector's <laughs> you know? cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, these are cool names. They have some cool names. They're it's just cool not names. cool people. Oh no, they're fucking shitbags. Yeah, they're but like, people. yeah, no, seriously, like we do not um we do not condone or we do condone. But I condone cool naming conventions. Cool name, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like we, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I literally am a professional marketer, and like, got you know, real, recognize real. Like, you see a cool name, and you're like, that's a cool name. Yeah, we don't like serial killers here at Black. No, Black. no, we're just, fuck we're no. just, we're just no, 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 clearing no. that up. So, so all of you know, we do yeah. not like serial. So this killers. next one here, Hitler was no, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can you face. classify people as? <laughs> can you classify Hitler as a serial killer? I would say more genocidal no, maniac. That, that's the thing here. So like that's the fine line between genocide and serial killer is like honestly if you want to talk about active serial killers every living president serial killer, right? Mm-hmm. Or mass murderer. Yeah. They I guess they say different. They yeah. operated an infrastructure well, every, probably every leader ever to exist. Yes. Well, all the ones that were actively engaged in perpetuating warfare yeah. were actively killing. I mean probably shit. Every like, leader to exist. I mean, yeah, well, like <laughs> Obama's hit list. Does anybody remember strikes. that? Like drone the strikes. drone strike yep. hit list where they were like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, like <laughs> drone strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like Bush Jr. being like, you went after my daddy and Dick yeah. Cheney being in the back pulling the fucking puppet strings. And like it goes on and on and on. All right, you want to get into NAFTA. Let's get into NAFTA real quick. All right. Let's fucking. do that after. Viva las Zapatistas. That's all I'm yes. saying. All right. Now, back to my favorite. Right? My favorite in terms of names. The vending machine killer. (laughs) That was a huge buildup, and I hope other folks appreciate this as much as I do. The vending machine killer is just a fucking... I don't know. VMK? Yeah. (laughs) VMK. Quoting now from SerialKillerShop.com. Japanese infatuation with vending machines is widely acknowledged. There are 5 million vending machines across the country, making an average of one vending machine per every 23 people. Between April and November 1985 in Hiroshima, 12 people were killed as a result of paraquat poisoning, and a further 35 were seriously injured. When authorities looked into the circumstances surrounding these poisonings, they found that most of the victims had one thing in common. They'd recently consumed the drink, Oramin C. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Around the same time, the company behind Oramin C had launched a marketing campaign offering free bottles of the drink from vending machines whenever someone made a purchase. So if you caught that there, basically you buy, to the best of my ability, I understand, you buy a drink from the machine, any fucking drink from the machine, and you would also get a bottle of Ormond C, would also like fall out at the same time, right? Hmm. So that that was their marketing campaign. Not a bad idea where it's just like, hey, we're totally fucking new. You never heard of us before. 
It's good to drop a free one there. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, in Japanese culture, which I feel like this phrasing here is a little bit weird. I feel like this would happen anyways. Anyways, in Japanese culture, sometimes people would place the Orman Sea drink on top of the vending machine for someone else to take if they didn't want it themselves. I feel like Mm. people were just basically like, I don't want this free drink, but, you know, whatever. We're, we're, you know, we're at a subway, we're at a train station, we're bus stop, whatever the fuck. It's just like, they gave me this free drink here to fucking take it. You know, like that's normal, right? If you're getting a bunch of free shit, everybody's getting free shit. So they're placing. So anytime you're buying something out of a vending machine, there's this brand new drink that's coming out with it all over the fucking city. Again, like one, you know, there's a vending machine per every 23 people. Right. So there's shit ton of vending machines everywhere. Free drinks sitting on top of all these vending machines. This could go wrong. I mean, I'm just thinking that it's just the the middle of the city is just piled up with these (laughs) drinks where people are just tossing them into into the middle of the city, like in the the friggin' subways. They're just (laughs) overflowing with the and Sea, and they're like, huh, our ad campaign might not have worked. <laughs> not sure if this is helping or hurting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, now everybody knows us. <laughs> poor dolphins in the ocean getting them stuck in their throat. Police soon pieced things together and found that someone had been lacing these Oramin Sea drinks with Parquat and placing them back on top of the vending machine. So mm. this is picked up as a quick culture, right? Yeah. Or as like a quick cultural reaction to a, a prevalence of a bunch of drinks that not everybody fucking wanted. People were leaving out in public for free. It became noticeable. Like, you know, again, this is only over a few months. Yeah. So like marketing campaign, everybody's just like, eh, I don't really want that. I'm not thirsty. I don't like it, whatever. And it's like, I'll sell it here for somebody else. And within a few months, yeah. fucking serial killer swooped in and was like, I got to play in, right? So because of this, because of these free drinks sitting all across the city, going back to the article here, it was almost impossible for the police to track down the person responsible since it was difficult to narrow down where a person had originally picked up the drink. Yeah. Right? Most of the vending machines responsible that at the end of the day they found out were in quiet back streets with no CCTV Mm. around. Yep. The person who carried out these poisonings was never found. Not yet. Yeah. He really screwed up the ad campaign. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It, as a marketer, I know who I'm it was. pissed. It was the other rival company. It was freaking Coke. <gasps> Coke did it. Coke C Pepsi, you know? Like, oh my God. <laughs> that literally the most genius. Oh, this, they're going to give away free drinks. Screw that. <laughs> I'm just going to poison them. And now. Orman, Orman C. Can't even pronounce it. Orman C. Don't even know what the soda fuck it is. is now going to be synonymous with being poisoned. <laughs> Serial killing. Yeah, with being poisoned. So who's going to drink that after that? You know that it. Yeah, that's, to me, like poor company. They no, just kind of messed up. That would you know that's going to drop. Those stock prices are dropping faster than Corona lights during COVID. Yeah, I just had to get us tagged with that for this episode. Thank yes. you. You're Why always getting us tag- tagged with that. I fucking love it. Yeah, it makes it look special. It does. We're it's special. like ooh, controversial. Yeah. Um, no, but but I do think that this might be one of the most unique. Like this was this was a very unique mark as a marketer. Um, this is a very unique marketing stunt. Oh, for sure. Not as a serial killer, very unique serial killer stunt. It's like, well, did these people die too? Yeah, twelve people died. Oh, twelve people died, okay. and another thirty-five people got seriously like. 
injured and yeah, fucked up that's, from it. That's a good. That's a this hefty head count. This all took place between a couple months, April and November. Yeah, this is just a handful of months. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> honestly as a, if you're a serial killer, like he hasn't been found yet. I mean, he probably will yeah. be. But I don't know. This is 1985. Oh, it's 85 that this happened. Yeah. Oh, they definitely went out of business. Yeah, no, they're fine. Yeah, I've never heard of Ormancy. No. But it's a it's a very unique way to do that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like that's super unique. First and... off, great name as a serial killer. The vending machine killer. Yeah. Dope name. Yep. Um, and like that's a that's a marketing response to a marketing solution. And yep. I gotta appreciate the ingenuity here. I'm not knocking the people who died. That's really fucked up. But I'm just saying how many serial killers, you know, just picked up on a marketing wave where it's just like, wait a second. This TikTok dance is going viral. (laughs) You know how to add my bones to my collection? And they're just like, I'm going to get everybody to go out to the field where I love to put my bones. And I'm going to have them do the bone dance. And then it just accidentally causes quote-unquote accidentally causes a bunch of people to die in one spot he's like like the tiktok killer yeah the tiktok killer but like they're making them do it themselves yeah no that's genius i I wonder though if if uh you know those caps now on the plastic bottles i wonder if they're using glass they were probably using glass bottles with caps that they could re-put back on there because i know nowadays nobody is going to open those if they see them the the little plastic things true genius invention by whoever Plastic sucks. Plastic really screws over yeah. the environment. But the genius invention behind the someone that put the refresh, basically, you lose all your uh, your carbonation. I have, yeah. The plastic and the seal on it to make sure that you know nobody has opened this since it's been in the factory. So it's yeah. hasn't been poisoned. And the same thing happened with Tylenol, with the Tylenol uh, poisonings in Chicago, is that they created the cap that made sure it made it so it doesn't, uh, it's not as easily to be able to get into. I'm gonna go you hundred percent right here, although I've definitely had more than one instance in my life where I've like got it doesn't happen a lot, maybe five, six times, where I've gone to open up a Mountain Dew bottle to put some parquad in it. And like <laughs> you know, no, but I, <laughs> but I've gone to open up like a parquad or parquad. God damn it. <laughs> I've gone to open up a bottle and slip over there. And ooh, <laughs> um and uh I've gone to open up a bottle with those little plastic rings that if you yeah. take off and flip inside out, the cats fucking love to play with those little plastic things right right um i've gone to open those up and the whole thing comes off and doesn't the seal doesn't break i've had that happen a few times and you could take with like a knife or something like that and like pop it off i'm just saying they're not perfect although there is those japanese drinks and i'm not sure if it was the same but you're gonna hear the carbonation you always hear but 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 heavy catch on this heavy catch on this this is a brand new drink it's popping up all around the city. True. If the drink was flat, who the fuck would even notice if it was their first time drinking it? They don't know if it's supposed to be flat. Yeah. You know, it's I brand new. Still imagine it's a glass bottle though, since it's in the eighties. Yeah. But but those glass bottles back in the day, um, and they still they still have them like if you go to like Asian markets around the US or I'm assuming like most markets or whatever in Japan, um, they have they they look like, you know, the small, I guess like the classic like beer bottle kind of like shape, but they're small. Um, they have a marble that you actually press down into it and the marble gets caught in this certain area and you drink basically through the marble or like over the marble in it. That's how it's like sealed closed. They're kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. I'm just saying the liquid went in at some point, um, and then got sealed up 
I'm assuming somebody savvy enough to do all this in such short period of time. Um, probably, you know, I don't know. They did like, the research though, because they, they did, weren't in front of CCTV. I honestly know? think this was the marketing team that did this. Which one? The, the marketing team for this company. Like this seems too perfectly timed and too quick to be like, look at this cultural reaction. I'm going to take advantage of it with this poison that's readily available just for this brief period of time to put in there. And it's hard to trace. Like, it's just like, I don't know. This is a marketer's mind. Just saying real recognized. Real. And it was five years before I was born. Wasn't me. Uh, some people learn from the best, I guess. If this podcast doesn't release, <laughs> I never made it out of this studio. I plead the fifth. Um, future Joey's lawyer. I plead the fifth. He's going to get Michael Brown as his lawyer. There is no actual evidence besides all the... the 96.7% sure that it's him on camera holding up his social security card, his birth certificate, his driver's license, his third grade report card that his mother never signed because he hid it from her. I saw no evidence. C minus. (laughs) Moving on from this incrimination, going to somebody who we are most definitely going to be doing a deep dive into at some point but he uh he he fits the bill here for this week's episode and that is pedro lopez monster of the andes mm. quoting now from an article on crack.com don't judge me it's a good summary based off the other other articles that i read and i didn't have time to write this week because Hypothetically, my hot water heater was blowing up just below our recording studio. Mm. Yeah, it was fun. Did you just kill a bunch of Andes? <laughs> I do love Andes mints. All right, moving on. Quote, we know damn well who the so-called monster of the Andes was, who was killing little girls all over Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. We know because Pedro Lopez freely admitted to it in 1980 after he was caught in an attempted kidnapping. In for a penny, in for a pound, right? He actually confessed to so many murders, 110, that police initially didn't believe him. So he led them to the bodies of 53 victims. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) He later confessed to 240 more. But he had apparently misplaced those ones because he was only convicted of the 110 they could prove. Imagine how long his trial was. Jesus fucking Christ. We will we will find out. It's, this might be a situation where like we want to dig into a I trial, would, honestly. I would like to dig into his... This is insane. Count, his body count and d- dig into him. You yeah. Know, not literally get dug a hole by him and be murdered, but... Yeah, not be dug into by him, yeah, but dig yeah, into. Gotcha. Yeah, yes. Well, Lopez was tried in Ecuador and given the maximum sentence allowed by the country, a whopping 16 years. He was even given time off for good behavior and released after serving just 14 in a psychiatric hospital in the pinky promise that he'd pay $50 bail and follow the rules. Currently, nobody knows where he is. 
He could be behind you right now. In fact, if anyone has seen him since 1998, they ain't telling. Oh, and in 2002, Colombian police identified a new murder that they're pretty sure was Lopez's work. So literally got released from jail for not murdering people because he couldn't <laughs> murder people. Uh, yeah, basically, apparently this is uh, as far as I was able to like dig up again, we will be doing a deep dive into him because this has to be a fucking world record, right? Yeah, for like, like a single individual. People? That's ridiculous. 300. 300 people. He killed 100. They, he had confessed to 110 and then it goes on to say, and 240 more. Oh, my God. It's 360 people. 50. 40 and 10 is 50. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's uh, been a long day. It's been a long day. It's been a Math threat of an active serial friend. killer. Yeah. Anyways, um, but no, this is this fucking insane. Yeah, that's huge numbers. And to find that many places to, to find the time to go to, to pick out people to kill. I guess he was killing people in the Andes Mountains, all right? So yeah. not the mints, um, or the people named and Andy. Mint mountains. Um, yeah. he was finding these people in the mountains, maybe people who were native or native no to the clue. land, or no clue. I guess we don't know the the people there. But if he was killing a lot of natives, then yeah, he could probably have huge death counts because they're not a lot of them. Just like we saw with the Peru incident, a lot of them aren't really watched over or even you know looked after so he yeah. could have just been running amok in these areas and then just going home and been like i have no idea what happened yeah uh look i've seen every rambo all right i've seen every rambo movie seen the expandables too yeah of course okay yeah the expandables and the expendables oh, well, um, <laughs> no but i i've seen every rambo movie right i've kept count yes 65 He's only killed 65 people. Rambo, Rambo. has only oh. killed 65 people. Don't quote me on that. But well, they drew first three blood. like people that go to war and are on the front lines don't kill 350 people. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, very rarely do people kill that many people. Like you people kill like 30. Yeah. If it's like really intense warfare, you know, like it is that is absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. So even Chris Kyle, who is like that one of the best snipers in, in US history, only killed uh, 160 people confirmed, which is still fucking and insane. And he was paid to do this. Yeah. Like he was literally a going go find these people. Serial killer. He was a paid Well, he was paid he to He was do killing this. everybody the same way. He was. He had he was a type. everybody the same way, yeah. I guess technically, mm. look at it. I'm not going to say that. Wanna, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. You, but he you was, just don't want to piss off a sniper. <laughs> nobody should piss off snipers. <laughs> and he was also killed, too, by one of the people who was trying to help. So that was really sad. Um, and he had a movie about him, which, you know, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. You know? But think about it. This guy had to find people. Yeah. He had to do the research on these people. Had to stay away from being killed. Yeah. Chris Kyle was literally like, here's your people, go kill them. Yeah. He was helped to do that. Yeah. And he only killed 160. Literally flown in. Yeah, flown yeah. in to do this. And he was only 160 confirmed kills. And this guy is like 250. Yeah. 300. 350. <laughs> Numbers are hard. Um, I'm just going to keep doing like you on that. <laughs> listener count um, <laughs> but like it's crazy to think about that this guy had this much time yeah to do to do this it must have just been he made it his job 
you know? Homie started in the 70s. True. <laughs> you know? He could not be alive anymore, though. Who knows? Because it's if he started in the 70s, he could be in his 60s, 70s, 60s, 70s yeah. right now and could, yeah. could be dead. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's still out there. I have no idea. But, like, literally, like, you know, that's just fucking insane. The I'm sorry. Amount. Like, that, the math is insane. The numbers are insane. The fa- Honestly, even if we just stopped at the other 240 more. Right, which yeah. is just a lot. I would say even if we stopped at the hundred ten, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He was convicted on one hundred and ten. Yeah, which is fucking insane. That's that's insane. You know, we ain't gotta add another like two hundred forty to it. Any but. serial killer that you have heard about, watched a movie about, watched a documentary, like likely has five to tw- to twenty. Oh shit, twenty is like up there. Yeah, and twenty's yeah. heavy. Like, yeah. what was it? Um, Bundy was like Bundy 20 was something. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, like few. A few lot of them fives. are like three. Yeah, three to five, <laughs> and it was just done the same way. Like Richard Ramirez was seventeen. I I feel like Gilgo Beach four four. Yeah, and these you guys know. are caught. Yeah, you know. Well, he you know fifty years later, but they get caught. That's you know, fucking nuts, man. This guy did get caught, and then they just gave him a slap on the wrist, sixteen years, which is. He's like, goodbye. 50 bucks. <laughs> I'll be good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> hope you all have enjoyed this uh, this week's, I guess, like laid back episode. Um, if you didn't, well, congrats on making it to the end and not enjoying it. You made it through another work day. I don't and really know what to tell you. I hope you, I hope you enjoy next week for another script for a different kind of episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. actually be scripting out next week in a proper manner. Yeah. We won't be looking at each other in the face though, which yeah. is going to be kind of sad because it's kind of nice. We've had like a good little chat and, and Gil's getting a little creeped out now. Oh, he see. just, <laughs> yes, he just, uh, I'm also was earlier too because you know we Joey's currently running to Mexico. <laughs> no, no. Yes. But um, thank you all so much for tuning in for another week. And as a very, very, very sincere note, all jokes aside, please, 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 please. We know you only made it this far if you're a diehard. If you haven't given us a review on iTunes or on Spotify, it means the world to us. We read every review that comes in. Um, and we're constantly hoping for more, and we're checking every other day for them. Uh, we don't have a bunch, but we know that we have a bunch of listeners that are listening every week. And um, hey, it it would bring a smile to our face. That's all I can say. We can't pay you for it or anything like that, other than you know just keeping to produce content and every stuff like review that. <laughs> you get, yeah. I will take off a piece of clothing. There will be no pictures from it, but I will just take <laughs> off a piece of clothing. So, you got that to look forward to. Yeah, just keep that in your mind. Um, and if you don't want to see that, every review that you give, he'll add an article of clothing. Yeah, either or. Win, win. No, but seriously, if you could, right now during this long diatribe over here, like if you could just uh, leave a review, it would mean the world to us. We do check that shit. And um, yeah, we love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all are the best. And we'll see you on the other side. Thanks so much for listening to the Black Cat Report in episode 62. Don't Sleep, Volume 1, Active Serial Killers and Their Dumping Grounds. Please remember to like, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Also, for the most up-to-date information, follow us on Instagram or TikTok. 
and we'll see you on the other side.